Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Your Venturowski Show for Friday, January 31st is just moments away. But before we get into that, we need to thank the following unions for jumping on board and sponsoring this program. Unions like... The International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers sponsor this program, Local 9. The International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150 are sponsors. And of course, today's Ben Jarofsky show was brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Benny J, for the fourth and final time this week, let's hear that song of the day. You know, I was hearing this uh, last night. I played it last night when I was doing the dishes. Ooh. One of my favorite songs from, guess what decade? 70s. Yep. One of my favorite. Come on. I know everybody's going to pr- bring out the air guitar. Got a black magic woman. Got a black magic woman. The Ben Jarofsky <laughs> Show starts now. Yeah, man. It is Friday, January 31st, and live from the Chicago Sun-Times Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, it's another Romano Rundown with Sun-Times editor Romano Hussein, Jacobin Magazine writer Micah Utrecht returns... And we welcome back David Seaton, co-host of WVON's Seaton and Buchanan. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist, Vinny J. Benjarovsky. Hello, everybody. We're calling this Rom the Writer Friday. And here's why. I was hoping you would do this. Uh, yeah, the doctor asked me to do this. I said, coming right up. All right, did you see that uh, Atlantic Monthly fired Rom uh, as a columnist the other day? That is not correct. Let me immediately correct that, okay? I said that earlier today, and someone corrected me. I go, Ben, that's not right. So let me clarify. I've already, the show's 10 seconds old. I've already made a mistake. He didn't, they didn't technically fire him. It's a little more complicated than that. Uh, they dismissed him. They took away his title. They took him off the masthead. I think he was contributing it. Thank you, Robert. Robert Mueller. Here's the, the situation. Rahm, of course, is Rahm Emanuel, the uh, former mayor of the city of Chicago, in case you have forgotten. And uh, uh, Rahm Emanuel, after he left office, launched his career in the media. Uh, he has became a contributor to ABC. We've already uh, played some of his insights into what the oh, Democrats yeah. should do. Uh, his recommendations that the Democrats move further right in order to uh, defeat Donald Trump. Our commercial breaks uh, feature those <laughs> clips quite a bit. Yes, we do. I think what's a good idea is we act more like Mitt Romney, and that's how we're going to win the real... Uh, the, and that's how we're going to defeat Donald Trump, uh, Mayor Rahm's advice as a political strategist. Uh, he's written columns for the Washington Post, uh, where he more the same, where he talks about how the Democrats should move uh, further right. Uh, and uh, he also... Doesn't he work for some kind 
kind of hedge fund or something like that, some kind of investment firm, make it big, big time, do re me, uh, with some of the same clients who are probably going to be protected if the Democratic Party moves further right. Aha, I see the light coming on. Oh, Take I a see. chill pill, man. Oh, sorry, Rom. Anyway. So one of the deals that Rom cut early on was that uh, he got himself a gig as a contributing editor to Atlantic Monthly. Uh, and uh, soon thereafter, he began writing uh, columns, which, of course, we discussed and analyzed the columns. Well, it turns out that uh, his, uh, his getting that gig did not sit well with some of the staffers at the Atlantic Monthly who pointed out uh, the brief history of Mayor Rahm in the city of Chicago. And for, the, for those, we, you know, Dee, we have out-of-town listeners. Can't pretend they all know who Rahm is. Right. Mm -hmm. We got millennial listeners who are youngsters back in 2011. We can't pretend they know everything. Right. They weren't even in. Where were you in 20? You were still in sixth grade. 2011. Oh, right. You're a little older. I just moved to Chicago. (laughs) Okay. For the second time. All right. You weren't paying attention. All right. So you didn't know. Here's the deal. Rom was chief of staff uh, to Barack Obama. Barack Obama and his wife, Michelle Obama, couldn't take another minute of him. So instead of just firing him the way Trump would do, get out of here. Say what you will about Donald Trump, all right? Oh, boy. That's how to get the listeners. Uh, He knows how to fire somebody. Anyway, instead of firing, they felt guilty, you know, because it was Barack Obama who asked Rom to be his chief of staff, and Rom did give up his seat in Congress to become Barack Obama's chief of staff, and it really wasn't working out. It was a total disaster. So they kind of ushered him out with this glorious... press conference where all the aides gathered uh, in in the White House and Barack Obama said, what a great job you've been doing. And he left Washington and flew to Chicago and immediately ran for mayor of the city of Chicago, a city he virtually knew nothing about. He didn't know anything about the schools. He didn't know anything about the police department. He had never really lived in the city of Chicago. Uh, His ignorance was... was was just so obvious from the moment he launched his campaign when he got all the schools confused all right but good citizens of the city of chicago they took a they thought it over and they go you know what we could elect somebody who knows something about chicago or we could elect somebody who doesn't know anything about chicago i know we'll go with the guy who doesn't know anything about chicago uh my fellow chicago he seems cool yeah barack obama likes him ben okay how many times did he hear that He's Brock's guy, Ben. Okay. All right. Well, that's good enough, I guess, for Chicago. Anyway, becomes mayor of the city of Chicago. This is for you all out-of-towners who aren't aware of this. And immediately sort of wages war on ordinary Chicagoans, all right, handing out TIF deals to rich people, raising taxes on everybody else, closing mental health clinics in high crime area. Oh, there's a really great idea. And closing schools. Black population is falling. He doesn't care. Closing schools. Chicagoans are like, oh, my God, I didn't realize he was such a jerk. We are never, ever, ever going to vote for him again. That's what they said. They, I heard it. Okay. I, I remember at the Northwestern football game in 2013 when his picture came on the screen. Everybody's booing. Boo. Chicagoans, you could fool us once, but you can't fool us twice because we're really smart. We live in Chicago. Fast forward to 2015, two things happened. One, Barack Obama started doing uh, radio spots for him. He's really a great guy. I know he's rough every now and then, but he's a great guy. Then Rom did the, the commercial with the sweater. Remember that when D, uh, D put the sweater on, like he's a nice guy, yeah. like he's Mr. Rogers. Rom Rogers. Because <laughs> I know I make mistakes. It's on me. And Chicagoans everywhere there melt. It's like M&Ms when you squeeze them. They just melt. Oh, he's such a great... 
you know, Ben, Barack Obama endorsed him. You know, Ben, takes a tough guy to run a city. You know, Ben, everybody deserves a second chance. And so the great voters of the city of Chicago, having voted him in, even though he knew nothing about Chicago, reelected him, even though they hated him. <sighs> voters, my beloved. You know, I could live anywhere in the world, D, and I've chose to live in Chicago. You know, yeah, I, yeah, I, I chose know. to live here, okay? I made this my town. I've spent... 30 years writing and studying the city. Anyway, the good voters of the city of Chicago said, I know, we'll double down, we'll reelect them. What happens? Within about eight months, the good voters of the city of Chicago discovered that Rahm had concealing evidence of a murder. Yeah, Laquan McDonald murder by Jason Van Dyke. There was video footage of it. And Rom wouldn't let anybody see it. Nope, nope. Pretended like it didn't exist. Argued that he couldn't reveal it to the public because there was an ongoing investigation. Finally, Cook County judge ordered Rom to release that video. Ordered him in a freedom of information suit filed by a couple of activists. Rom begrudgingly released the video. The city is outraged. Oh, my God. The mayor of the city of Chicago was concealing evidence of a possible murder. We're shocked. We're stunned. Hey, to which I pointed, hey, you know, Chicago, I don't know why you're so shocked and stunned. You knew what you were getting the second time around. Okay, I'll concede that the first time around, maybe you were like, you know, a little caught up in the celebrity and, you know, you really weren't paying attention and, you know, you don't really know what's going on. Okay. But the second time around, what was your excuse? Anyway, so now he has this terrible reputation as the guy who concealed evidence uh, of a murder. It's really embarrassing. It, even in the city of Chicago, where voters are really forgiving of powerful mayors, even the voters of Chicago had said, we had enough. And even Rahm decided he couldn't run for re-election, so he did not run. And as you know, he then, uh, Lori Leifer got elected mayor, and Rahm launched his second career, as I already said, where, among other things, he's decided to become a writer which is really interesting. You know, I've spent my whole life doing this, but Rob's like, ah, just become a writer. Why don't I just become a mayor? There oh, you go. That guy can do it. Anybody can. <laughs> That's kind of his act. Well, Ben Jarofsky can do it. Anyone can do it. Anyway, so Rom writes these uh, insightful articles for Atlantic Monthly. I got to give uh, some of the staffers of Atlantic Monthly credit. That's the publication uh, that Rom was working for, of course. And they just said to the boss, um, do you think it's really a good idea to have on a masthead a guy who uh, was known for burying evidence of a murder? I mean, you know, we're journalists. We should all be about releasing as much information as we can, having transparency, shedding light, revealing what's really going on. Isn't that why we went into journalism? To share information, not conceal information? Don't you think that would be a good idea? I'm sure they actually said, hey, what's with the douchebag? <laughs> why do we hire him? <laughs> probably that's the def you know that was like the subterranean little message that we're you know like uh so anyway the editors how do we deal with this how can we get out of this embarrassing situation where we hired this guy who's like the the opposite of everything a journalist should be to be a a contributing editor we put him on our masthead so then what they decided to do d ah, here's what they decided instead of getting rid of rom they got rid of the masthead <laughs> there we go there's like 30 names of contributing editors we're gonna get rid of all the other guys go we didn't do anything why are you getting rid of us you know, it's like, well, hey, we didn't really know how else to deal with this, so we got rid of Rom. Anyway, don't worry about Rom. Don't cry for Rom, okay? He landed on his feet. Done with Atlantic Monthly? That's okay. He's over at the Washington Post. I, D, 
I don't need take a, uh, as the Beatles would say, take a, a sad song and make it sadder. Washington Post, guys, just point this out to you. Why would you want to welcome to your newspaper the man who, as mayor of the city of Chicago, buried evidence of a murder? Just, just not that I want to censor Rob's great ideas or wonderful ideas. You know, his insight, insights and how the Republic, the Democratic Party could uh, defeat Donald Trump by nominating a candidate who's a little to the right of Mitt Romney. Not that that you, I would ever suggest that you would want to censor that great thought. I'm just saying, I don't know. What is your mission in life? Are you a newspaper or is this just cozying up to the powerful? We got a great show today, everybody. Ramana Hussein will be in here. She's going to give her Super Bowl predictions. Oh, Get all right. <laughs> Let's ask her if she knows who's in the Super Bowl. That'll be an interesting quote. We'll start with that. She's going for the Chiefs. I'm calling it right now. You think so? Yeah. You're going for the Chiefs, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, you're a big Chiefs fan. Well, yeah, I've, St. Louis Rams was my team. Then they left, went to L.A., so by proxy, I guess, uh, Kansas City. Where are they? The, are they still in L.A.? Or have yeah, they moved? they're still in L.A. Which is the team that's going to Vegas? Oh, the Raiders. The Raiders. Oh, God, and that's our sports talk for the day. <laughs> Wait, Ramona's going to give her prediction. Oh, my God. People are running to Vegas right no now. No more sports talk until Ramona gets here. Can I talk about Zach Levine didn't get named? No, later. He didn't get named the All-Star team. All right. Juwan Hall out there, by the way, I just want to say this, has been trash-talking me all morning with text messages about how Zach Levine didn't make it to the All-Star Play. Why anyway. Do you, why do you do this to me? Uh, Michael Utrecht will be here, Jacobin Magazine. He'll be talking all things politics. He's going to be talking about the fatalism that Democrats have right now. Oh, we're going to lose. Oh, there's nothing we can do. Yeah, go knock on some doors. Get off your butt. Stop crying about it. Uh, Michael will be in. And then David Seaton. Uh, now, all right. Listeners, be nice. Disclaimer. Okay? Be nice. On our show, we go from Joe Biden left. All right? We welcome everybody from the Democratic Party. Some of our listeners of the Bernie persuasion are not happy with Joe Biden supporters, but David Seaton, uh, well, he's a bit of a Joe Biden supporter. He's got some interesting things to say uh, about uh, Joe Biden's uh, success. Ooh, this guy's calling me again, D. How about that? Oh, great. <laughs> Someone calling you during the show. So a lot you of, love when that happens. I'm hoping that Micah sticks around with David Seaton, get a little debate going between a Bernie bro and uh, a Biden supporter. How about that, D? Wouldn't that be fun? Let's see it. Uh, so a lot of political talk ahead. But before we do any of that, the young man from Alton, the man they call Dr. Doobie, with the news. Hey, everybody. Let's find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. More fallout from the bribery guy, former state senator Martin <laughs> Sandoval. But first, some not so serious news. As a wise governor once said on Wednesday, Big problems become big problems when you let small problems sit. And by God, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker is putting his state of the state statements into action. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Big problems become big problems when you let small problems. Scott, how does that tooth do it? You go to the dentist? <laughs> I can't afford it. All right. Now, if you recall... <laughs> We had a little problem last summer when the country music band oh, Confederate Railroad yeah. was booked to play the DeCoin State Fair. Mm -hmm. The band's logo features a Confederate flag. The governor got wind of it and decided to cancel the performance. Some of our downstaters were up in arms. It was kind of childish. All the ingredients of a little problem. Mm -hmm. Well, our governor and company may have officially nipped that at the bud by booking a man who may arguably be the best country music performer of the early 2000s. Ben, put on your cowboy hat. Toby Keith is oh. coming to the Illinois State Fair. That's correct. Toby Keith. 
Big fan of Toby Keith. Uh, my favorite Toby Keith song is You Gotta Know When the Ho, When the Ho, The When the Fo, The When the Walk Away. That's his cover version. That's Kenny Rogers. Uh, <laughs> you can't name one Toby Keith song? Yeah. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition. You know, I stopped listening to mu- new music after 79. Oh, my God. We, we, know. we, we have know. a bonus show today where um, uh, Lior uh, Galeo from the Chicago Reader is coming in to talk about the 50 greatest albums, records of the last decade deep. What am I going to do? I'm going to have to pretend I know what he's talking about. You're yeah. going to have to help me out, right? All right. I'll see what I can do. I'll be like, oh, yeah. I love, I love that song. By the way, uh, Beer for My Horses is a Toby Keith song. Oh, I thought that was Charlie Pride. Nope. Uh, Beer for My Horses, Whiskey Girl is a Toby Keith song. I thought that was Uh, Tanya Tucker. No, no. We're moving on. (laughs) A Toby Keith summer performance announcement in January. Even Confederate Railroad fans can say here, an olive branch has been extended. (laughs) Big problems become big problems when you let small problems sit. Uh, Also booked to perform, Uncle L himself, rapper LL Cool J. And hold on to the wheel, white guys in their mid-30s, Puddle of Mud will be performing at the Springfield State Fair as well. I I, I have a confession to make. I have never, it's called Puddle of Mud. The band is called Puddle of Mud. You've heard of them. Yeah. I've never heard of them. Look for me me in the mosh pit, everybody. (laughs) I'm going. Uh, Wait. I love Puddle of Mud. Have they reached out to Snoop Dogg? Not yet, but they got a little cool J. All right, but if you recall, part of the big problem that became a big problem from a small problem or whatever it was when uh, J.B. Pritzker cut, uh, ripped up the contract with the Confederate Railroad, one of the Republican downstate legislators said, how come you would have let Snoop Dogg mem- uh, perform? Mm-hmm. And I thought J.B. Pritzker did a pretty good job of pointing out the difference between the symbol of the uh, Confederate flag and the rambling of one, just one uh, rapper. I thought he did a good job of that. I remember when Toy Hutchinson came on the show and just ripped Confederate Railroad. Remember that? Anyway, so no word from Snoop Dogg? No word from uh, Snoop D-O-double-G quite yet. Did they invite him to the uh, the state fair this not year? Not yet. Was, you're not a big LL Cool J fan. You're not uh, impressed with the LL Cool J I booking. saw. He, I, he, I, the only thing I know about him is at the uh, Oscars. I mean, the Grammys. Did you know that? Yeah. You didn't know that. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's he, LL Cool J. Yeah. Okay. Come on, dude. Yeah. Name he, one LL Cool J song. Um, yes, Walk This Way. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mama Said Knock You Out? I thought that was by uh, Confederate We're flag. done. We're done. <laughs> shout, out to KM, shout out to KMA Barry on the live stream chat. He says, if Toby Keith lived in Illinois, he would have voted for Bruce Rauner. <laughs> Yay for our teachers. Yay for our teachers. Would he, by the way? Yeah, I think Is so. Is he Republican? Yeah. Are there any country singers, excuse my utter ignorance, who are de- Democrats other than Willie Nelson? Well, if they are, they're hiding it pretty well. Not Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson's out there. I like him. Give yeah, him credit yeah. for that. Yeah. All right, so like I said, look for me in the mosh pit there. Puddle of Mud going to be performing. <laughs> Are you a Puddle of Mud fan? fan? I mean, I'm a white guy in my mid-30s. I, uh, they have a place in my heart. Can you name one Puddle of Mud song? Yeah, She Hates Me. There's an F word in there, though. She Hates Me is one of the songs. Wow, you know your stuff, man. Take It All Away, I think was another one. I never even heard of the group until you just mentioned it. All right, moving on. More local political figures are making their primary presidential endorsements known to the public. On Tuesday, Illinois U.S. Rep. Brad Schneider announced that he will be backing former Vice President Joe Biden, or as Ben called him on the program, Joey B. (laughs) Makes him sound a little younger, by the way. (laughs) And thanks to Benny J., we learned Schneider's endorsement was really not a big surprise, was it? Not at all. Come on. We all knew that we'd... It would either be Joey B or Pete Buttigieg, so 
one or the other. Well, kind of the same thing uh, with the following endorsements. Not a big surprise, but endorsements nonetheless. Illinois State Rep Delia Ramirez, Chicago Alderman Daniel Laspada, and Michael Rodriguez are endorsing Mr. Dollars <laughs> himself, Senator yeah. Bernie Sanders. Ben, which wards are Alderman Laspada and Rodriguez? Come on, man. Laspada's first ward. And as you know, he replaced Proco Joe Moreno, your personal favorite. And Michael Rodriguez is the 22nd ward. And as you know, uh, he replaced Ricky Munoz. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know who Puddle Amat is. Yeah, I know. You need to work on that. There's only so much room in a brain for information. Okay, if I'm going to remember every alderman of the first ward, D, going back to the 70s, I'm going to have to cut something out. And what gets cut out? 90s rock band. Sorry, guys. Oh, and my apologies. Uh, Pat Rod weighed in on the live stream chat. Uh, the name of the song from Puddle of Mud, Blurry, not Take It All Away. It's called oh, Blurry. Little Mr. I Know Everything About Puddle of Mud. Turns out you're wrong. Huh? I know. <laughs> Take away my uh, Puddle of Mud. I still think you guys are just playing with me. I think you guys are just all making fun of me. There is no group called Puddle of Mud. No, there's a group called Puddle of I'm Mud. I'm going to ask Lior Galil about oh, that, okay. see if there he knows go. about Puddle there of Mud. There you go. Tune in. Find uh, It's our <laughs> Benny J bonus uh, interview with Lior Galil. Uh, find out about Puddle of Mud on that uh, program. Wait a Reel the listeners in on that one. All right, here's the quote from Delia Ramirez. Quote, I believe that what Bernie is building is most consistent with who I am and what I am committed to as a woman of color who has dedicated her life to social services, racial and economic justice, and fighting to end homelessness. Mm-hmm. Delia Ramirez, yeah, she is uh, one of the uh, new breed of Northwest side, uh, left of center politicians who got elected. I'm not, is she actually calls herself a democratic socialist? I cannot recall that. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's a new uh, younger generation of, of Bernie activists here in the city of Chicago. There's six of them in the city council and there's several of them in the state legislature. Man, things have changed. Uh, in in uh, Illinois politics. We were talking about this with Rob Martwick uh, when he was on the show, State Senator Rob Martwick. During the age of Rom, if we can go back to uh, that topic, age of Rom, where Rom uh, was such a powerful person in not just the city of Chicago, but really in the, the state Democratic Party, uh, progressives was a bad word. It was so bad that uh, the, a lot of the legislators, when Mark Rick tried to put together a progressive caucus in Springfield, he, he loves telling this story, he couldn't get people to join him because they didn't want to be associated or affiliated with the troublemakers who were going calling themselves progressives in the city of Chicago who dared to defy Rom, Scotty Wagsback, John Arena, et cetera, and so forth. And so now, of course, things have changed. Rom's on the outs. It's so bad that the, the writers at the Atlantic Monthly are rebelling just because if he has his name, on the uh, on the masthead, uh, he was pretty much run out of Chicago by the voters who said, "We we really will get it right this time." We, re-. by the way, D, I'm not quite sure they would have. You know what? I'm just throwing that out there. I love my I love my city. I love my fellow Chicagoans. <laughs> but when it comes to voting, when it comes to electing mayors, oh God, they're they're like. They're like the Bulls. Oh, wait, I'm not allowed to do a sports metaphor. They're like the Bears drafting a quarterback. They just can't. They get panicky and sweaty and they go, I'm nervous. I'm going to go for the incumbent, the all-powerful guy, even though I hate him. So anyway, I still think they may have reelected Rom, even though they hate him. Uh, But there's a new generation of progressives in the city of Chicago, in the state of Illinois. Delia Ramirez is one of them. Not afraid to call themselves progressive. Not like it was about eight years ago. Can we come up with a different word for us? Like, I don't know, liberal or, um, you know, independent or reformer? Not progressive. It's too scary. 
All right, well, now that we've had some good, clean fun here on the Ben Jarofsky Show, let's get down in the mud, or a puddle of mud, if you will, and discuss this damn dirty Illinois corruption and the ongoing saga known as Sandoval Gate. <laughs> Party Sandoval. Nobody ever even heard of the guy. He's a state senator for the Southwest. No one heard about him. So, you know, he got caught with his hand in the cookie jar. Uh, this update brought to you by Safe Speed, the red light camera company. <laughs> it's not true. He's joking, folks, okay? The following comes from ABC7 Chicago. When former state senator Martin Sandoval pleaded guilty to bribery charges and named the red light camera company Safe Speed as the source of the dirty money, he caused aftershocks across the political landscape in Illinois. Illinois Politico got the scoop on this one. Cook County State's attorney Kim Fox said that she's giving a donation from former senator Martin Sandoval to charity in light of his admission of bribery. According to the State Board of Elections, Sandoval gave Fox $5,000 in 2016. Fox's team says the funds will be split between Black Ensemble Theater and the Chicago Children's Advocacy Center. Here's the quote from Kim Fox spokeswoman Sylvia Ewing. Quote, we vet all contributions coming into the campaign to comply with our ethical standards. The moment we learn a donor no longer meets those standards... We immediately donate the funds to a charitable organization. Now, Ewing did not respond to a question about donations uh, connected to Alderman Ed Burke. Ben of what ward? 14th. What a dork. <laughs> Who's also been charged with corruption. Though Fox relinquished Burke's personal donations to charity, she has held on to some $30,000 donated by others at a fundraiser at Burke's home. Wait, time out. So she kept the Okay, I, I'm, all, I'm starting to really think about this. Like, why do you have to give up the money? I'm just thinking about this, all right? A PR, I guess. I, it's PR. Look, Marty Sandoval gave money to Kim Fox, Ramana Hussein's coming. She's our ethicist around here. Maybe she can shed some light in this. Marty Sandoval donates money to Kim Fox. That's his way of, I don't know, showing that he, he, she's his ally. How, how does that make her done something wrong? Just in general, this whole thing where people give back the money. Uh, all the time it's just like there's something mccarthyistic about it you know what i'm saying it's just sort of like what is that what makes chicago corrupt is that what makes chicago corrupt that uh you have an all uh, uh, a state senator like marty sandoval who contributes to kim fox's campaign or contributes to this one's campaign or that one's campaign uh is that what makes chicago corrupt how about the way we just like give billions of dollars to developers who don't need it for their upscale projects? Is that not a form of corruption? No, we call that, uh, what do we call that? Economic development. So it's really, Chicago's just got this weird thing, this obsession. Did Kim Fox, like, did she participate with Marty Sandoval and his bad doings? No. So I don't know why she has to feel compelled to give back the money. I understand the PR aspect, as they say, Ramana, the optics of it. I understand the PR move. And then, and I guess it becomes an attack ad for the other. She took money from Marty Sandoval. But everybody's giving money to everybody else in the city of Chicago. I mean, when Ed Burke, who is perhaps, I don't know, the arguably most corrupt alderman of the last 20 years, he, it's like on a routine basis, he gives money to aldermen when they get in or when they got in, not anymore. So I don't know this this compulsion that Chicago has. To sh we're going to show how clean we are and how saintly we are by giving back the money to somebody, and then the corruption just continues. Anyways, I don't, I don't know. There's just something about it, D. It's just 
doesn't strike me right. Our Chicago Sun-Times colleague, Ramana Hussein, is here. Ramana, get ready. You're going to have to make Super Bowl predictions. Yeah, she's oh, going to make I don't even know who's playing awesome. Super Bowl. I told you she awesome. wouldn't know. I, I told so... you she wouldn't know. <laughs> I was going to Google it before I came in. <laughs> uh, ABC 7. By the way, it's in the back of your uh, Sun-Times. Okay, I'm going to help out Ramana. The Sun-Times, there's the front section, which is the hard news. Turn it over. You got the sports section. ABC 7 confronted House Republican oh, leader. Niners. Jim Durkin. ABC confronted uh, House leader. Jim Durkin about the uh, $7,500 he'd received from Safe Speed. Durkin said, quote, I don't want that money. It will be sent off to a charity in my area, and we will be doing that very soon. But in hindsight, you don't know. You expect that people are going to play within the rules and acting a lawful manner, but I will not accept that tainted money. All right, it's tainted money. Okay, <laughs> Durkin. In January 2018, okay. Safe Speed made a donation of $5,000 to Illinois Attorney General Kwame Rao. Is he giving the money back? What do you think? Yes, because it's tainted money. Raul said on Thursday, quote, I haven't decided what charity yet, but uh, it is my intent to donate the contribution to the charity. How about the Ben Jarofsky show? There's a charity. Give it to the Ben Jarofsky. Yeah, I got to pay rent like tomorrow. That would be awesome. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody it's in so Illinois. crazy. Oh, God, it's, um, it's so much money. It's considered bad. Meanwhile, I'm trying to find 750 bucks to pay for, to live in my apartment one more month. Yeah, come on. Help out, D. Come on, Kwame Raw. Give it to the, the Dr. Doobie uh, fun. How about that? <laughs> All right. So there you go. That's our uh, local news there. We'll keep you posted on these stories as today's program rolls along. Let's go to the live stream chat here before uh, we go to break here. A lot of uh, puddle of mud. Uh, Toby Keith talk going on. By Good the way, times. time out. Uh, I just let's just ask Romana. She's a generation, couple generations after me. Have you ever heard of a group called Puddle of Mud? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> They're performing at the Springfield State Fair I, I with never Toby heard Keith. Of yeah, Toby Keith. No, wait, tell about Cool J. Not with Kobe. Well, Keith. I mean, like they're on the, the lineup. Puddle they're Mud. The they're like late '90s, early 2000s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like. Can you name one song by Puddle of Mud without looking at your phone? No, but I, I, I remember them. I yeah, remember yeah, them. yeah. I forgot. Blurry I, is one of the songs. What song? Blurry. Blurry. You said something else. She Hates oh, Me. Oh, She Hates Me is another Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I never heard of either one. I know that song. I thought he was joking. I still <laughs> think he's joking. No. I still don't. Not sure I believe that there's a group called Puddle of Mud. I mean, Mud. and if we're lucky, maybe we'll get a, uh, a jam between Puddle of Mud, uh, Toby Keith, and LL Cool J all in one performance. All oh, cross your fingers. R Ramana's favorite Toby Keith song is you got to know when to hold them and That's know when to fold Kenny them. Kenny Rogers. Oh, sorry. <laughs> all right, so don't go anywhere, people. We're going to take a quick little break, but after that, it's another Ramana rundown with our colleague, Ramana Hussein. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show. Live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment. Weekly concert listings. Weekly event listings. The environment. Travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader. Free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Did you know that 40% of the people in Illinois opt to be cremated? Well, it's true. And Chicagoland Cremation Options honors their wishes by providing cremation services directly to the general public. Chicagoland Cremation Options provides an affordable, ethical, and easy cremation arrangement, whether in person or online. Save thousands and streamline the process by going directly to Chicagoland Cremation Options. It's a family-owned business operated by my good friend, Douglas Klein. Here's how you reach them. ChicagolandCremationOptions.com. One more time. Chicago. Land cremation options. 
Com. Mark my words, Illinois will be the best state in the nation to raise a young family. Commercial break over. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Ramana Hussein, uh, our in-house ethicist, has ripped me. While we are at the break, she pulverized my argument that you shouldn't. I was helpless. I couldn't do anything, D. Uh, I had stated as Romano was coming to the studio, I don't understand why Kim Fox or any politician feels compelled to turn back money that comes from Marty Sandoval just because Marty Sandoval pled guilty to felony charges, or I think they were felony charges, right? Uh, having to do with uh, the, the red light camera program, which what a fraud that is. Anyway, uh, and then uh, I said, so Romano, you're our office ethicist. What do you think about it? And then she had a pretty <laughs> just, good comeback. Oh. All I said was your girl, Amara Enya. <laughs> took money from Kanye West. That is correct. And she was running as a progressive. I don't know. I think most people would look at Kanye and think that he wasn't a progressive and would be, I think there'd be questions as why you'd want to take money from him. Yeah. Well, because nobody else was giving her that kind of <laughs> no, money. I'm just okay? saying. There's a certain realism about politics. I think politically you have to give back money from people who are, I mean, who are arrested or, you know, are seen as, well, Kanye West, okay, so Amara Enya uh, is, was running for mayor of the city of Chicago <clears throat> in the first go around uh, last year. Yeah. And uh, she took money from Kanye West uh, shortly after Kanye West uh, had, in my humble opinion, made a fool of himself uh, hanging out at the White House with Donald Trump. Truly one of the weirdest moments, uh, Ramana, in modern presidential history. Remember that one, the press conference? Yes. Uh, and uh, where Trump was nodding his head and listening to Kanye West babble. Like, yeah, he's making a lot of sense to me. Uh, I, I just think that's so bizarre. Yeah, it was very bizarre. Anyway, so. Uh, but anyway, I, I'm just saying that I'm sure there's a lot of people who would disagree with you. Oh, I know there are. are and you kidding in me? terms of like, you know, you're taking money from Kanye West, but you're talking about progressive politics. Mm -hmm. And this is Kanye West, who is saying that Donald Trump is like this awesome man. Mm -hmm. And, and he's wearing think, a MAGA hat. Yeah. And it's just, just so bizarre. Uh, okay. I don't know. I think a lot of people, would, but I'm just saying politically, I think people feel like when there's someone, you know, with Ed Burke, Tony Preckwinkle had to give, didn't, I don't know if she had to, but she gave back her yeah. money. Yeah. That's, that was the point I made. You don't that, have to. You don't have to. Of course it's, you don't have to. Uh, but but yeah, I guess there's a lot of people who have issues and they're the ones with the money, right? So. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Amara it wasn't like a lot of people were giving her a whole lot of money. And so, so would you would you take money from Kanye West? Yes. Y-E-S. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why, why wouldn't I? I mean. Even though he represents. What? Insanity? What you don't believe in. I, I'm just saying if I was a politician and someone was supporting Trump, I don't think I would take money from them. Wow. You would not take money from yeah, anybody I mean, who supported I'm, Trump. I'm a daughter of an immigrant and I'm a Muslim. I, why would I take money? I wouldn't take money from anyone who necessarily was a Trump supporter. Wow. There's a lot of people out there who voted for Donald Trump. <laughs> I know there were. They probably wouldn't. They, I'm telling you, they wouldn't vote for me. Yeah, so they're probably so going to give saying, you the money yeah, anyway. Exactly. It's not going to be an issue. Exactly. I bet you Kanye West, I don't even think Kanye West voted, by the way. I, I don't think he probably voted in the not. last election. Uh, but anyway, all right. Uh, so our ethicist, our in-house <laughs> ethicist says, turn the money back. No, I didn't say that. I'm just saying a lot of people would have problems with yeah. it. So uh, that's why politicians probably feel the need, especially with someone. It's one thing if it's someone that isn't in the news, but if someone just is in the news right 
then and there within the last few days, I think most politicians would return. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Most they're all doing it. You're just it. saying that they shouldn't. Yeah, I'm like, I don't. Marty Sandoval gave Kim Fox money. We're talking about Kim Fox, but there's plenty of other politicians. Oh, yeah, I just don't sure. know who he gave the money to. Uh, and I don't think that's an indication that Kim Fox is a corrupt person. This no. guy was, I don't know, he was just trying to curry favor with her. Mm-hmm. So that's how politics works. That's how politics works. So in order to um, what to offset a, 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 an attack ad by one of her opponents, she gives the money back. They're still going to launch. Yeah. The, the attack. She took money from. What Marty about Santa. Rahm Emanuel? What if Rahm Emanuel gave you money? Well, that is an interesting story. Uh, Rahm Emanuel's lawyer, of whose name escapes me now. If you felt the corporation council, what was his name? <clears throat> Stephen Patton was oh, his yeah. name. Stephen Patton was Rom's lawyer. Follow me in this. Uh, the corporation council, and he was the one who gave Rom the advice on how to deal with the Laquan McDonald case. Uh, ultimately settled with the family. Don't release the video. He donated to uh, Pete Buttigieg's campaign. Oh, and okay. when that emerged, Pete Buttigieg says, I'm shocked, I'm outraged, and he gave the money back. Meanwhile, Pete Buttigieg is like, you know, courting Rom and Rom's courting people. Why is it bad to take Steve Patton's money? It was just the lawyer who advised him, but it's okay to have Rahm Emanuel uh, be, you know, like what, uh, your pal or your your cohort or something. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, just, I think just, Steve Patton is the one. I think he might have, he might know my husband's parents or was from Michigan, I think. So I think I did not I, know that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think I think Mick mentioned that once. So should we not take money from Mick Dumpke because he knows? Anyway, I'll take money from yeah, Mick Dumpke. Mick Dumpke. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all right, moving on from our ethical uh, questions of the day, uh, just before we take the deep dive on uh, the insanity of Smollett Gate and talking about the Washington Post. Uh, getting your uh, your predictions. There was a pretty funny story that you sent me in the New York Times. Oh yeah, correlating uh, voters' choices in Indi- uh, in uh, India in Iowa in Iowa with their love for Indian food. Go ahead. Yeah, they. I think I, I forgot who took a survey, but they just gave out. Uh, I think there was some somebody in Iowa put out a survey. I forgot who it was, but then they they asked rand- voters random questions like, "Have you eaten in an Indian restaurant within the last ten years?" And people who did tend to eat at Indian restaurants within the last 10 years to happen to be Bernie Sanders supporters. So I thought it was very interesting. People are tweeting about that yesterday. So if you eat Indian food in Iowa, you might be a Bernie Sanders fan. So I thought that was kind of funny. And of course, a lot of Indian people like me are like, there's Indian restaurants in Iowa. <laughs> but, or are they any good? But uh, uh, Two separate questions. But no, there are Indian people everywhere. So that they... It makes sense. So it was it was interesting. You have to read the article and it just said it it, it was just saying that if you didn't eat in an Indian restaurant, you you know, you could be a Biden supporter or, or something. But it, it was it was it was a pretty funny article. I think a lot of people were sharing it yesterday. Uh, yeah, I guess so. uh, there, I, I have no idea what the possible correlation between liking Indian food and wanting to vote for Bernie Sanders would be. They had like they just said something like, and then there was this one part where they said that if you're likely to travel overseas, like in, in certain parts of the world, you probably didn't even vote for Trump. You know, it's like it was it was like this interesting. It was just talking about, you know, different things about personalities and people, and you know, there's people like me. I don't really eat in Indian restaurants because I'm Indian and my mom makes really good Indian food, so I don't like Indian restaurants in general. But it, you know, it did mention that they're like you know, there's so many people who 
don't eat at Indian restaurants. Wait, you or, don't like Indian restaurants? or No, you? because I don't think they're that good. And you can even ask my you can ask my husband Mick, <laughs> he who um I told him I don't eat Indian restaurants because he likes Indian food and I'm like well that's because my mom cooks well and he now doesn't like Indian restaurants either because so he, just, he likes my mom's cooking okay. and he even says yeah. I've become kind of a snob I don't like Indian food from restaurants anymore because it's it, it it does definitely taste different. Well, I have to tell you this, uh, my wife, in my humble opinion, <laughs> is the best. Uh, she makes the best Italian food that oh. have anyone I've ever, uh, who's, so I don't really go, she wants to go to an Italian restaurant. And I'm like, why should I go to an Italian restaurant? Their pasta's not going to be good as your pasta. So I can understand where you're coming from. And, yeah. uh, but yeah, it's the, how she handles the garlic, man. It's so I good. love Italian food too. Um, all right, let's, so. let's get to the latest Smollett okay. gate. Uh, there's so many, uh, ramifications of this. We were talking about this with Maya the other day with the, uh, uh, the fact that this is probably the most compelling issue uh, in the uh, race for state's attorney. Everybody's using it to hammer Kim Fox. Yeah. Kim Fox supporters are using it to rally around Kim Fox. Uh, there's ongoing investigations. It'll never die. Uh, <laughs> just give some updates on what's been going on. Um, so the latest was that, you know, Jesse Smollett had filed a lawsuit. I, I forgot what kind of lawsuit it was, but against the Sundrio brothers. These are the two brothers who said that um, Jesse Smollett had asked them to, you know, stage the crime, uh, you know, the alleged hoax crime against him. Mm-hmm. I mean, the hoax against, you know, the the alleged hate crime against him. And so the two brothers uh, basically had filed a motion yesterday or filed uh, paperwork in the case. And they basically said that, well, Jesse Smollett got what he wanted. He became world famous because of this. And I thought it was interesting. They mentioned how he had like this personal vendetta against Donald Trump and uh, he was, you know, he was able to, um, you know, smear Donald Trump by doing this. So that I thought that was kind of an interesting fact. So they, they filed this yesterday and uh, I don't know, I think, uh, I don't know if Jesse Smollett's lawyers filed anything in response to that yet, but that's the latest. And then we talked about the trip. I know I talked to you earlier this week. Um, the Tribune had written an article um, about this police commander, Edward Wadnicki. Mm-hmm. He was basically um, overseeing the Smollett investigation, but he's recently being, he was recently reassigned and being investigated by his own police department for because he was evading police while he was speeding, allegedly speeding in Indiana. He was like going 100 miles per hour at, while talking on his cell phone and wouldn't stop. So the police went to chase him down. So um, that's also um, another part of this, you know, everything involving Jesse Smollett is just like coming one after another. And then I don't know, I was looking at our um, list for tomorrow. I think Lori Lightfoot had made some comments, too, about Jesse Smollett today to at least Fran Spielman or to other reporters um, talking about how I think um, Jesse Smollett's lawyers had gone after Eddie Johnson recently, just saying that, you know, because of Eddie Johnson's recent problems and being fired because of, you know, his alleged lying. And so um, I think Lori Lightfoot was kind of, I don't know if she's defending Eddie Johnson, but she was just, I think she was going after Jesse Smollett. So I got to look at that story. I just saw a brief list description on our uh, stories for tomorrow. So there's more Jesse Smollett probably stories in tomorrow's paper. I think Jesse Smollett I, I know some people are saying, and we were talking, you were talking about the Tribune's um, editorial, was it the Tribune's editorial board where yeah. Kim Fox and the other candidates for state's attorney um, had spoken? And I think 
most of the questions centered around Jesse Smollett. And, and from what I read, it became a Jesse Smollett extravaganza. And so a lot of people were saying that there was people are making too much out of this. I kind of I told you I'm on I'm in the middle with this. I don't think it was it's like the only thing that we have to focus on with the state's attorney's race. But to pretend that it didn't happen, I don't agree with that either. I I, I think it's going to be something that's going to come up. Should it be the only thing that Kim Fox's, um, you know, candidacy should be, you know, hinged upon? Probably not. But to pretend that like nothing happened with this and let's just pretend nothing happened. I, I don't agree with that either. Well, there's uh, not pretend nothing happened, but to say that it's not something that matters. I don't agree with that. Yeah, it, there's a couple issues. here. one. Uh, the, the Maya's point when Maya was saying on Tuesday that in the overall scheme of things, in terms of all the problems of criminal justice uh, in Cook County in, in Chicago, uh, Justice Smollett is not even in the top 20. That's one statement, which I think I agree with. Uh, I, I have to go through a whole list, <laughs> but uh, we're humans. Yeah. You know, and this is a, just like a fascinating little story about everything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so, I, I, Trust me, there's some days where I don't even think it's a story. And I tell my editors, I'm like, do we have, you know, it's like another Jesse Smollett. And these stories apparently do very well. So anytime anything, anything happens with Jesse Smollett, like we want that story. Absolutely. It's like, break it's it interesting. Down. Let's break it down. It's a celebrity. Yeah. It's Trump. Well, he wasn't really. <laughs> well, he's he a celebrity a, now. Yeah, he is. He was on TV. So that makes him yeah. a celebrity. Uh, and uh, I mean, I have to admit, I confession time here i didn't know about <laughs> i didn't know about it until this thing broke but i didn't know about puddle of mud either so it's like i'm not exactly i probably saw jesse smollett because one time they were filming a courtroom scene of empire at 26 in california when i was the criminal court reporter uh-huh. and uh this uh the sheriff's deputy i know is like hey you want to see like come in so he let me come upstairs while they were filming it and there was like all the actors are sitting outside and i think i saw jesse smollett sitting out there waiting wow for the you scene knew who to he be. was it's i i, I just remember moment. seeing his face and my niece watched the show so i told her i'm like i think i saw like a couple actors and she no, knew no. see and this this little new development that you uh, mentioned i saw that in the in the paper as well all right so folks follow me on this one jesse smollett uh he he's fighting this battle on several fronts and one of which is that uh mayor rom uh in the city of chicago when uh, sued him to try to get back make him pay back the money it that, took for police to investigate to, to the investigate case. his phony uh his phony claims uh, or I should say his alleged phony claims. Yeah. He claims are not phony. And uh, he never had to admit that he lied. That's right. He never had to admit that uh, he lied. Now, here's the thing that just goes to show you, uh, this reminds me of marriage story uh, when the, 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 the wife and the husband turn against each other and they're the, when the lawyers get involved and how contentious it gets. Just if we t- go back to the Smollett Gate story, it all began when um, some unknown person uh, linked to Jesse Smollett and his family called Kim Fox mm-hmm. or got a hold of Kim Fox on the phone and asked if Kim Fox would intercede on Jesse Smollett's behalf to get the sh- local police to turn over jurisdiction of the case to the, the FBI. Uh, FBI. At that point, Kim Fox, instead of just saying, please 
uh, this is inappropriate, called Eddie Johnson, the police chief, and asked to do it. And from what I've read, he was sympathetic to the notion. Fast forward now, it's a jungle out there. Every <laughs> lawyer is just like gouging eyeballs out. So Justice Smollett, to try to like embarrass the city of Chicago and get them to back off on their lawsuit, is... Uh, letting it be known that his lawyers are going to go after all the files on Eddie Johnson. It's, it's kind of like Romano. They're like, all right, you want to play dirty with us? We'll play dirty with you. We'll go get all the files that you don't want people to know about Eddie Johnson yeah. and, and Johnson Gate and embarrass you unless you back off. It just seems like it's lawyers being tough lawyers. Yeah. And that's natural. They're going to do that. I just think it's interesting that it's going on as long as it has. It's... It's been a year because this happened January of last year, from what I understand. And, and, and it's just continuous, like since, you know, the charges were dropped, because I think the charges were dropped in March. Uh, and it's still going on and the investigations are still going on and we're waiting to hear back. And now there's a, you know, Bill Conway's running. And then I don't know if you saw an ad, but he had the ad with his client. Um, what was her name? Candace. uh I forgot her last name, but he, she was the, she, Bill Conway represented, it's Bill, right? Yes. Bill Conway represented this young woman who was charged with the same um, crime. Well, you know, just the same charges as uh, Jesse Smollett and the judge had mentioned Jesse Smollett, the Jesse Smollett case and Bill Conway, you know, helped this woman. And then, you know, it became a case because, and then he's running for state's attorney after this. And she's in this commercial where she's talking about how Kim, I don't know if you saw him. Oh, but I, I saw the commercial. I heard the exchange at the Tribune. They wouldn't. Win yeah. And how Tribune. she talked about how Kim Fox doesn't care about her because she's a regular person and not a celebrity. And so it's kind of interesting that well, she's in. And I don't know. I, I, I don't know how commercials get made, but. I don't know, you know, Bill Conway is like, he's the son of a billionaire. So it's, it's from Carlisle group. It's, yeah. It's, it's very interesting. It's, it's interesting. This, it's like, you think the Jesse Smollett story would end, but it just, he, there's always like a new peg coming out. Well, that, that, what you just uh, mentioned is something that would trigger a response in a voter. <clears throat> and, uh, I, I know it would trigger a response in me. Yeah. Okay. And that is that the world's not fair. There's a double standard. If you're a celebrity, and you know people, yeah. you get treated one way. And course, if you're just if an ordinary money. citizen, you get treated another way. And yeah. that there's just, you can't ignore the fact that Jesse Smollett got better treatment from the very get go than uh, an ordinary person of involved. Uh, and so you had this one woman who was. Uh, 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 charged with just making up a story. I th I forgot what it was. It was um, I, for I don't want to say obstruction of justice, but she. I think there was something involving like um, checks, forged checks, or and and it was the same. I'm trying to. Remember, what was Jesse Smollett charged with? I'm, like he had 16 counts of. Um, I don't know exact charges, but basically, there, I forgot. Well, God, yeah, what filing was it? A, a, a false police report. Yeah, filing a police yeah. report. So something it was a, similar to that. A false yeah, re police report. And uh, uh, so it's clear. It's to any ordinary citizen in the city of Chicago. You know this, Romana. Will look at those two cases and say, absolutely. Yeah. There's a double standard. One person got treated uh, with leniency, relative leniency, that, as opposed to the other person. Uh, and so that's a very difficult. Um, dance for uh, Kim Fox to have to make. Yeah. Uh, and, and like uh, I said, remember, they dropped the charges, but he never had to admit his guilt. 
And so if you talk to a lot of lawyers at 26 in California, even defense attorneys, they said that was very, very, very unusual. Yeah. That's what I've heard. But from then the other parties. side, so there's the double standard there. The other double standard of course, is everybody's so hard on Kim Fox for this thing. Why weren't they so hard on <clears throat> Richard Devine, the, the state's attorney, when he looked the other way of at course. the Kutchman case? So in other words, everybody's going to see a double standard yeah, when you look. There's at always going to be a double standard with a double standard. So I think I think tough questions should be asked. We shouldn't pretend that it's not. I don't know. I don't think that people should be like, well, let's just see small. It happened, whatever. You know, let's keep going. It's going to be I think it is a question that people have to ask. You know, I think on the other hand, uh, there I, I do wonder, like, does it have to be the only thing we have to care about? No, in the, because uh, in the grand scheme of yeah. things in, in the criminal justice system, no. But to say that we shouldn't talk about it at all, I don't. I don't agree with that either. Like I said, I'm in the middle. Yeah. Well, uh, it, even if you're not in the middle, it is going to be talked about. And I got to tell you, uh, the Ascendero uh, brothers, uh, I have Sangrio, a lot. Yeah, yeah. I have a sympathy for them in yeah. this whole thing. It's like, Jesse Smollett's coming at them really hard. And it's like, yeah. all right, you guys cut a deal, all right? Uh, yeah. They got thrown under the bus pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, and by the way, one last thing. Uh, I urge everybody to check out David Chappelle's routine on the Jesse Oh, Jesse Smollett. Smollett. Very, I did see it. Very funny. You think it was funny? You didn't think it was funny? I thought it was funny. I like Dave Chappelle. I mean, I don't want to see a show because it just... I probably disagreed with him on many things, right. but I do oh, like Dave Chappelle. We'll avoid a Dave Chappelle discussion now. All right, let's move <laughs> on. Uh, your thoughts on journalism. Uh, Rahm Emanuel. Uh, Taken off the masthead mast at yeah, the Atlantic. At the Atlantic, uh, and, but found a home at the Washington Post. So Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. He's, but I'm sure his journalism career is more thriving more than mine is. So <laughs> I, I don't have to. He's probably getting paid more than I am. So Take I don't. I don't probably out of that sense. You know? <laughs> so anyway, yeah, yesterday I saw on Twitter, all of a sudden, like I saw a lot of tribu a Tribune reporter, I think Gregory Pratt had tweeted that, oh, Rahm Emanuel, like I think a, a group of um, black staff writers at the Atlantic wrote to their management and said that they felt that Rahm Emanuel's name should be taken off the masthead because of the treatment of Laquan McDonald, um, the La Laquan McDonald case. Mm -hmm. And so they cited that and they wrote a letter to the management and they took him off the masthead. But I don't know, They, I think the writers weren't asking that he stop writing, but I think take him off as a contributing editor and so they took his name was taken they off. took all the contributing editors down that was their solution oh really yeah so oh, i thought just his rom's name no was taken no off. so the way they they don't yeah so the i have to give them credit uh if if they had said we just don't want rom in this paper that would have been like censorship of his ideas yeah they said that they don't want him to stop writing they just don't want his name on because they love his insights his political <laughs> like how can we exist without these brilliant insights of how democrats can win we want more of them so what they did was they took down all the contribute all right we can't so in other words that oh i thought they just the, took his name no off. no okay. no they they took took away the category of contributing editor and they made a secondary category of contributing writer and reduced the number of people. And they oh. like, well, we, you know, we were thinking of doing this anyway and now this gives us... That's not that. <laughs> then everybody else got their names taken off. So yeah. Is <laughs> everybody else... They're probably all mad at Rom. Yes, now. they are. As well, they should be. <laughs> so, everybody uh, should be mad at Rom. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I thought that was pretty funny. They came in the... Um, uh, in the aftermath of the Washington Post uh, condemning uh, yeah. the writer for uh, tweeting Felicia Sanmez. Yes. Yeah. That was very interesting. I should tell you that um, Kobe Bryant's death 
I mean, I'm someone that doesn't really follow the NBA that much as you do. And it, I don't know, it's just totally took my breath away when I found out he died. And, you know, I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not like someone who follows the NBA, but obviously I know who Kobe Bryant is. And I remember when he started in the NBA, wasn't he a teenager at the Mm -hmm. time? He was a teenager. Yeah. And he was so young and I, 17, 17. Oh, Oh. I actually, age 17. I, I attended a news conference with him once and I, I covered, I interviewed him. So I did remember that my, my, my siblings were making fun of me. They're like, how do you not remember? I'm like, cause I go, I remember interviewing Michael Jordan for sure. But Kobe, I vaguely remember, but it turns out I did like in 2009, there were some Chicago public school students who designed, um, his shoes, like his Nike shoes. I forgot what they're called venom, mm-hmm. but they, that year they designed, they helped with the design of the shoe. And so he was here. So I remember interviewing him and, uh, I obviously remember the rape allegations as well. Um, it, and, it was an actual trial. He was charged. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then the, he settled with mm. this woman. But it's really interesting because just a few weeks before, I, I didn't even pay attention to Kobe Bryant, but I saw something on Twitter trending with him and talking to the young daughter that he died with, mm-hmm. Gianna. Mm-hmm. And so I remember seeing that. And then the night before he died, I remember... I never pay attention to sports headlines, but I saw my phone and I saw that LeBron James surpassed his record. So like I was running the next day and then my younger sister texted me, my younger sister who also doesn't follow the NBA as much, she texted me and a friend and she was just like, Kobe Bryant, WTF. And I'm like, I know she's not talking about LeBron James breaking the record. So I got scared (laughs) and I'm like, what happened? And I Google his name and it was like, God, lo and behold, I hear that he got killed in a helicopter crash. It was just really sad. Yeah, it was very sad. Just really, really sad. Um, but God. yeah, I just think it was interesting, the debate about the rape allegations and whether they should be talked about so soon after his death. But I was also in the camp where it's not the lead of the story, but we can't pretend it didn't happen. So it's going to be mentioned in any sort of write-up. And again, I'm not someone who follows the NBA, but I clearly remember when the rape allegations happened against him. I remember the ring that he bought his wife. Mm-hmm. And the tattoo. <laughs> and um, so, um, yeah, it's it, it's an uncomfortable topic because it seems like he he was able to, I guess, it's different. I was telling someone, you know, fans of Kobe, people who liked basketball more than I do, I go, it's not like he was a Harvey Weinstein or a Jeff Epstein mm-hmm. where it's like you, there's like tons, but there was that one and it was a big deal when it happened. So I go, we can't pretend it didn't happen. And so I thought it was interesting that this woman from the Washington post, she's a political reporter. I don't think I, I from what I understand is she tweeted a, an old article about uh, the case. I think it was a 2016 article and then she got suspended, but they kind of, I think she got they reversed the suspension a couple of days ago or two days yeah, ago. Yeah, when so. the guild uh, was up in arms and the, and the yeah. reporters. Yeah, and they said that she violated the policy. They said you're supposed to show restraint, but there's so many journalists who don't show restraint. So it was it was pretty interesting. I think she was getting threats too. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there might be a question of like, maybe she, I don't know what part of the policy she necessarily violated. So I think some people, I think one of her editors defended her and said that she didn't necessarily violate, but we're supposed to show restraint when in times of death and people were saying, well, she just tweeted an article. Yeah. So 
Uh, I don't know. I disagreed with the suspension. Absolutely. I can say that. I agree. With, <laughs> uh, I as much as I mourned uh, Kobe's uh, death yeah. and the death of his daughter, and it hit me and, hard. Oh God, that just <laughs> and and just like there was this other bas- uh, baseball coach on the plane. It was he yeah. was on the plane with his wife and daughter, and they have one child left. It's just like uh, everybody on that plane. It was just. Yeah, it was really sad. But I, and I'm the, still a larger issue for journalists is man, it is it's a difficult time for journalists out there. You don't know what to do. They say go on social media, get people to follow you on Twitter, tweet tweet stuff that gets a lot of responses. So then she tweets something out, she gets a bunch of responses, and they suspend her. I'm like, what are you supposed to do, David Seaton? You're not a you're he's on next. He's think gotta think of an answer on that one. But I don't know what a journalist is supposed to do anymore. They tell you to go out and make yourself well known on social media and she have a person. Have a personality. <laughs> they, she makes herself well known, and they go, "You've gone too far." Come on, Washington Post, and then they hire Rom as a as a, a columnist. Good God, let's just destroy journalism right now. Okay, Twitter. Don't get me started on Twitter, D. All right. All right, Ramon, before I let you go, I need uh, – everybody out there wants to know who My will prediction? win on Sunday. She just figured out, David Seaton, who was playing <laughs> on Sunday. After she's you our, made me look at She's our paper. football expert here. I, folks, go to those, well, go to Vegas and put your money – or go, excuse me, go to Indiana. You can put some money down in Indiana. All right, who's your prediction? So who I'm going to predict? predict – now that I know the 49ers are playing, I'm going to predict the 49ers. Any but the, reason? the only reason is because my brother is a fan. Ah. It's just really weird. My brother my brother likes every Chicago team. He doesn't like the Sox. He's obviously a Cub fan. But for some reason, he grew up liking the 49ers. And so he's a 49ers fan. So I'm assuming, I mean, he grew up, I don't know. I don't know if he's still a huge fan, but he kind of grew up liking them. So this is really not uh, a prediction based on like the I'm size just... of the offensive line versus. Well, don't they, it's the, it's, it's the Chiefs, right? That is correct. The wow. Chiefs and the 49ers. Well, that's because you told me it was in the back of page of the trip sometimes. So I looked it up really yeah. quick. Uh, um, I only care about the Super Bowl when the Bears aren't it. So it's been a while. So I watched when 85 Bears I watched, and I, I watched the whole Super That's the only time I really paid attention. I've been to Super Bowl parties, and I barely pay attention except the halftime show. But the two times I did watch pretty intently was when the Bears were in in 85 and in 2007. Yes. When Prince played the halftime show. Prince played the halftime show. It was show. really good. For 10 trivia points, who's playing the halftime show this So awesome that's day? easy. Shakira and J-Lo. I know that stuff. She knows her halftime shows, ladies and gentlemen. But I don't know. I, I, I'm I sure uh, I will know who... Don't people bet on this? Yes, it's they like do. Big bet t- big time. <laughs> Betting is going on. Right now, people are rushing to Vegas. So what? Are most people saying the Chiefs? I don't or, know what the... What, I was looking know? at the predictions of our sports 49ers, writers. 49ers are ahead. Because... Uh, I I, um, I don't know about that. I mean, I understand the 49ers are the favorites, but I, I kind of like Mahomes. All right, man. talking to guests without a microphone. All right, you know what? You're right. Absolutely right. We're going <laughs> to let Romana get back to work. Uh, David Seaton's on deck. He's ready to talk all things national politics. Some interesting insights on Joe Biden uh, and uh, uh, a lot of other things. We have David Seaton coming on when we return. Hey, everybody. What you're about to hear are the piano stylings of Jeff Manuel. Man, listen to Jeff go. Jeff Manuel has been playing piano around Chicago for years. He's played for conventions, for celebrities, played in basement bars with blues bands. He's played at prestigious social clubs, fine restaurants, and in the intimacy of private homes. Book Jeff Manuel at jeffemanuelpianist.com. 
Don't worry, I'll spell his name at the end of this commercial. You know what Chicago Magazine said? They said that Jeff Manuel is, quote, as comfortable with Chopin as he is with Cole Porter. He's excellent and his performance is joyous. He offers an elegant stream of compositions and interpretations that entertains the mind but won't hurt the ears. To hear more of Jeff Manuel's work and to book Jeff for your next event, go to jeffmanuelpianist.com. I'm going to spell it out for you, people. J E F F. M as in Mary, A, N as in Nancy, U, E, L, P, I, A, N, I, S, T, dot com. Take it away, Jeff Manuel. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.